0: This is The Guardian.
1: I'm Jane Lee, and this is Campaign Catch-Up, bringing you the top news and analysis about the 2022 federal election. It's Thursday the 19th of May. Today, political editor Catherine Murphy joins me to talk about the final bill for the major party's election promises. But first, here's what you need to know. We're on the home stretch now, so the leaders are travelling to as many seats as possible before the polls close. Opposition leader Anthony Albanese is reportedly aiming to visit 20 seats. Labor has announced its policy costings, revealing that if it's elected, the budget would carry a debt that's $7.4 billion greater than the coalition's. Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers said this was made up of investments in three areas that were crucial to growing the economy. So if you look at that $7.4 billion difference between the budgets, uh, you add up uh, skills and training in universities, uh, cleaner and cheaper energy and childcare, which are arguably the three policies that will get us the best bang for buck. Uh, What we are anticipating is that the economic return on those investments will dwarf the investments themselves. And so we think that that's worth it. Prime Minister Scott Morrison was in the seat of Werriwa in New South Wales, where he criticised Labor's policy costings. Labor borrowing more, spending more, it puts pressure on interest rates. It puts pressure on inflation. It drives up the cost of living. But opposition leader Anthony Albanese defended the figure, saying... It pales into insignificance
0: compared with the extraordinary waste that we've seen from this government. Uh, $5.5 billion for subs that didn't actually build a dinghy, let alone a sub. Uh, $20 billion to companies that were increasing uh, their profits.
1: Labor released its $680 million policy on Indigenous affairs overnight. It focused on health, housing and justice issues. They promised that a Labor government would prioritise a referendum to enshrine an Indigenous voice to parliament in the constitution if elected. That's the key reform from the Uluru Statement from the heart. But Albanese did not say what a Labor government would do if a referendum was unsuccessful.
0: Indigenous leaders are saying to me, they're impatient for this to happen. They don't want the momentum to stop. I want the momentum to build. And I'm confident that we can work towards a good thing for
1: Australia. The Prime Minister has ruled out a referendum. New South Wales became the last state in Australia to pass voluntary assisted dying laws today. But Morrison ruled out removing a federal law that restricts territories from passing such laws on voluntary euthanasia. Labor has said it would prioritise removing these restrictions from the territories if elected. And One Nation leader, Pauline Hanson, said she's tested positive for COVID-19 and is self-isolating at home. Coming up, Catherine Murphy is here to discuss what the policy costings for the major parties mean for this election. Hey, Murph, how are you holding up? I'm holding up pretty well. How are you holding (laughs) up? Not bad. So... Labor's just said that its election promises will result in a budget deficit that's $7.4 billion greater than the coalition. Surely that's not a great figure to have out there under attack for the next two days of the campaign.
0: Presumably that's why the Labor Party waited uh, to release their costings figures until after the television advertising blackout took effect Mm. at midnight last night, although obviously there's no blackout for social media. So one imagines that this will certainly play into the final communications. Uh, Look, I think Labor's been setting up through the campaign, really, and certainly in recent days, uh, the idea that there would be a difference in the in the bottom line between the parties, uh, Labor's also set up a conversation, I guess, with voters throughout this campaign that it's about the quality of the spending and by quality they mean, you know, whether or not the expenditure is productivity-enhancing or not. This is childcare and other initiatives. Um, But also they have made something of a point of saying, well, the government's wasting a whole lot of money. There's all this pork barrelling. We're going to have a waste audit when we come in, so maybe it'll be better. But also when it comes to a lot of these groups grants at the local level, uh, Labor is in fact matching the coalition mm. uh, dog park for dog park yeah. in terms of these expenditures. So it's sort of like <laughs> Labor's trying to say, yes, look, we're spending more than the coalition, but we'll, we'll spend it more thoughtfully and we're supporting it for the benefit of the economy. We're not going to hide it that's the pitch and so that's yeah that's where we've ended up really with the release of the full document
1: earlier in the week we heard coalition released its policy costings and said that they were going to save most of their money through cuts to the public service what they call an efficiency dividend Um, the CPSU's estimated that's about five and a half thousand jobs over the next four years yep how is labor proposing to save money
0: there's their waste audit. There's also revenue measures like the multinational tax revenue measure, for example, where Labor's going to, well, hopes to extract more in tax revenue from big, rich multinational companies. So there's definitely some offset. So let's just say there's some careful savings on the Labor side. They're also not proposing to increase the efficiency dividend, ala the government, even though that would have netted them a, an easy 3.3 billion, I think in savings had they chosen to do that because labor's argument is that it's basically lazy budgeting is their argument it's like a quick fix it's a quick fix yeah. exactly it's a sugar hit right and and also the biggest loser often out of just ripping money out through an efficiency dividend are, are people who interact with government services because there are impact on there are impacts on services and also the public service is sort of getting to a point where we've been doing this lazy budgeting now for such a long period of time that it, that it is impacting, I think, the capacity of the public service to function and give the government good advice. So Labor made... Um, you know, a point of saying today, well, we're not going to do the lazy bu- budgeting, which is the efficiency dividend. Also, you wouldn't want to do that as the Labor Party in Canberra, <laughs> because it would be very popular in Canberra, obviously where Labor holds, uh, you know, holds the lower house seats.
1: Well, Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers was really wanting the press, I guess, to focus on on what the spent, the big spends would be. So he was saying that seven point four billion dollars could be fully put down to spending on childcare training and clean energy which he says was which he says is essential to growing the economy quote the right way what do you make of that claim the
0: coalition has sort of tried to um Put a shield on itself by saying, well, we ask Treasury, we ask the boffins, our expenditure doesn't add to inflation, so it's fine. There's nothing to worry about. Um, and Labor's version of that is, well, we're being very targeted about where we're putting the money, and this is productive spending that will, in fact, some of it will deliver a return to the budget through higher tax revenues as more women participate in the labor market or, you know, efficiencies or other things, right? So that's sort of been the riposte. Labor's saying, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We'll prune here and there. And we promise hands on heart, even though we've got a lot of dog parks, just like the coalition, in our expenditures, we've got better expenditures too, as in more productivity enhancing expenditures. And those sort of investments is uh, what the Reserve Bank and other agencies in the economic conversation in Australia have been urging governments to do, basically use use the period of fiscal stimulus to improve the productive output of the economy, basically.
1: It sort of seems that Labor's promising far less than it did in 2019 and, and only mm. slightly more than the coalition. Uh, it doesn't want to spook people. It wants to be very transparent. It wants to be, you know, hand on heart, put all of our costings on the table. Uh, but it still ended up 74 billion dollars worse off to the bottom line than than the coalition. Yeah. Doesn't that just add to this attack that Morrison said pretty much every day that Albanese can't manage money? Yeah.
0: It's, it's a very interesting live social experiment that we are going to engage in for the next 48 hours, Jane, uh, whether or not Labor spending more than the coalition will impact them electorally. Uh, Labor sort of tied itself in knots for a long period of time trying to sort of come up with a bottom line that's basically equivalent to or better than the coalition because of this attack, right, this weaponisation that Labor can't manage money, can't do proper expenditure control. Etc. cetera, et cetera, right? So they haven't attempted to do that on this occasion, although I think they have been very careful about the commitments that they've promised. In terms of what's on budget, there's no comparison, obviously, to what Labor was promising in 2019. So it's sort of like Labor kind of <laughs> rides all the cycles of hell I think there's sort of, there's periods where uh, we won't raise much revenue, we won't spend much either, and then we won't be clubbed to death by anybody for, you know, not being able to manage money. Then we've got the 2019 prototype where we raise all of this money, oh my God, is coming at us everywhere, and we spend it all. Right. And that obviously didn't work either for them. So I guess it's a bit of a long-winded way to set up a simple point, which is, you know, I, I don't know whether this is going to impact Labor's electoral fortunes in the next 48 hours. Obviously, the whole period of the pandemic has radically reset community expectations about what governments are spending and what debt and deficit is being carried forward on balance sheets by governments. So that, that has really reset this whole debt and deficit debate. The other thing is, obviously, the government is also spending a lot of money still Mm. The government is also very present still, spending a whole lot of money on a whole lot of fronts, and we've got debt and deficit as far as the eye can see, right? So it'll be interesting to see whether undecided voters see this difference in the budget bottom line and what the reaction to that is. Is it, oh my God, Labor will wreck the budget, oh my God, they'll wreck the economy, dear me, I'm going to have to hold my nose and vote for Scott Morrison, right? That's one scenario. Another scenario is people sitting in their lounge rooms who follow events, you know, reasonably frequently could say, oh, well, $7.4 billion over the forward estimates. Well, that's only a little bit more than what Scott Morrison's going to pay in a break fee for breaking a contract with the French About diesel submarines, Mm. that's 5.5 billion. Maybe expectations have been a little bit reset in the community. But nonetheless, whomever wins on Saturday, there's going to have to be a quite fundamental rebalancing exercise here where inflationary pressure is mounting, where there is pressure on interest rates, and there's still a lot of stimulus in terms of expenditure going into the economy. Whichever side is in power is going to have to deal with the fact the economy is running too hot. There's going to have to be an adjustment or a reckoning on the other side of the election that neither side is keen to saddle up and have an honest conversation about.
1: Thanks so much for your time, Murph. No worries. That's your campaign catch-up for today. Tomorrow on Full Stories Newsroom Edition, Editor-in-Chief Lenore Taylor and Head of News Mike Tisher will sum up this campaign and explain Guardian Australia's view on the choice-facing voters this Saturday. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, Daniel Simo, and me, Jane Lee. The executive producers are Miles Martignoni and Gabrielle Jackson. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.